Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. It's probably time that you're thinking about dinner on a Friday afternoon, and on that note, how about a warm, hearty bowl of noodles to kickstart your weekend? Now, I'm bringing this up because our guest for today is one of the largest manufacturers of fresh noodles in Singapore. Now, founded in 1996 as a noodle supplier, Leong Guan has since opened its own noodle manufacturing factory in 2006. And currently provides not only noodles but also other food products such as tofu and dumpling skins. It has also been targeting overseas markets by adopting technology to improve the shelf life of its products or to develop new products that can be exported. Now, more notably, the firm was introduced to an in-buyer through Enterprise SG to further expand its footprint into the US. But what should we know about Leong Guan's foray into the West? Well, for more, let's speak to Kevin Lim, head of strategy and insights at Leong Guan Food Manufacturer. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi. Great to have you on board, Kevin. And we've briefly talked about Leong Guan starting out as a noodle supplier. You guys have since grown to manufacture your own noodle products, but we want to hear from you. How would you then define your value proposition, business model, and do you consider yourself as a noodle producer at the top of the value chain?、Mm, okay, so I'll give you a bit of a background、uh, to our company. So we were founded as a food wholesaler sometime in 1996, and subsequently went into manufacturing in around 2005. So back then we were the youngest with no heritage, no history. So we really had to break free from conformity and run the company differently from traditional food companies. So I would say that innovation is our value proposition. So our recipes are not traditional shifu created and hand me downs. Our products are conceived in our R and D labs、uh, with food tech using the best ingredients available today、uh, to make the best products, and we had. To really solve、uh, industry problems by creating new best practices uncommon within the industry, hence we were able to grow to become a leading player in the industry within such a short period of time.、Mm. And Kevin,、uh, let's talk a little bit more about your positioning. How would you define your positioning against other industry players, the likes of say Sunsing Food Industry, Hapwat Noodles, and etc. For us, we are FMB company, so. What that means is that our expression isn't limited to just fresh food that is used as an ingredient in cooking. So I mentioned earlier that we were originally a wholesaler, then we moved into manufacturing because at a point in time, there wasn't a local manufacturer that could meet our needs, and we we felt that the industry needed some sort of、uh, rejuvenation. So very early on, our company has focused on food tech. We came up with whole grain noodles、uh, about eleven years ago. In two thousand and twelve, and sometime around twenty seventeen, HPB Health Promotion Board identified it as a healthier alternative to regular noodles and started to promote it. So today we have moved beyond that and created a series of functional food products that are even more beneficial to humans:、uh, low GI products, half calorie carbs, beta glucan noodles, which can、uh, help to lower your cholesterol. So apart from all these functional foods,、uh, we have also developed、uh, industry-leading long shelf life fresh food, which allows us to export our products overseas. I would say that every business、uh, sector that we diversify to, we always aim to innovate and elevate the industry to another level. 
Yeah, so today I think we are quite happy to share that we have largely achieved these goals. Mm. So as you mentioned, it's a little bit more about an end-to-end manufacturer to all the distribution and the different product verticals that you have diversified into. And let's talk a little bit more about your products as well, uh, Kevin. Um, you've, you guys have moved from producing classic noodle products like your yellow noodles, your kuei diao and ho fan to other selections like udon, like Italian pasta, also other peripherals like tofu and dumpling skin. So which is the most important product vertical for you financially? I think all our business verticals, they hold potential for growth. And this growth largely depends on the market segment. So while the local food and service industry may have limited expansion opportunities. The retail market, especially through supermarkets, they still offer room for growth. Uh, furthermore, the export market presents uh, ample growth uh, opportunities. So it's important to note that I think growth isn't restricted to a specific business vertical, but rather it varies based on the market dynamics and demand. If we segment it via products, right, we'll talk about markets a little bit later. But if we segment it via products, is there a particular product that is sort of a mainstay of the company uh, in terms of the dollars and cents? I think the mainstay would still be the traditional uh, Singapore noodles. Um, I think we are seeing growth in uh, bean cut products, especially via overseas uh, channels. Yeah. Mm. And let's talk a little bit more about your customer base as well. Very interesting here because you serve one of the largest players in the food service industry, including food court operators like your Kofu, Food Junction, uh, even hotels like Shangri-La, Marina Mandarin. You serve sets as well. And your products are also sold in supermarkets, exported overseas. How would you then describe your customer base and which is the most important segment for you then? Um, I wouldn't say one segment is more important than the other, but we like to focus more on growth sectors where we have not yet maximized its potential. So spaces like, you know, your supermarkets, your international uh, export markets. So these are segments that we would like to focus more on. Because I think within the local food service industry, uh, I mentioned early, earlier on that, you know, we have kind of reached its potential and for any growth in that sector, that means that, you know, um, someone else is going to uh, be unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Talk about entering new uh, blue ocean spaces in that sense. And speaking of export markets, uh, let's take us through your geographical footprint around the world. Because while Singapore is your home market, you guys had in 2021, at the height of the pandemic, expanded into the US, Hong Kong and Israel. What's the rationale behind that expansion? A bit of background for our export market. Uh, we are fairly new to it. I think uh, we have only started exporting, I think, less than five years ago. Uh, so today we are in slightly over 10 countries, uh, mostly developed countries. So to be honest, uh, to, to answer your question about, you know, um, what's our rationale behind expanding to, to all these new markets? Uh, it's because export market uh, happens to be, you know, our, one of our growth sectors. And uh, to be honest, these customers uh, come to us uh, for various reasons, you know, sometimes it's the existing, their existing suppliers are having such issues or sometimes uh, they feel that there is a growth potential to these new products. That's why they, they come to us to, to ask us to supply to them. 
and we were quite happy to fulfil the demand. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Kevin Lim, Head of Strategy and Insights at Liangguan Food Manufacturer. And Kevin, let's talk a little bit more about your expansion into the US. And more notably, I believe you guys were introduced to an in-market buyer through Enterprise SG. So what opportunities do you see in the US as far as demand is concerned? Okay. So um, how did we get our in-market buyer? I think the main the, the reason why Enterprise Singapore connected us to this current buyer was because uh, they were facing some difficulties with the current supplier and uh, Enterprise Singapore, knowing our capabilities, they, they tend to do a lot of uh, matchmaking to help local enterprises and uh, they connected us with them and we were able to fulfill what they required and then you know we started doing business in that sense. So moving on to um, trends in, I think, the U.S. market, uh, I would say that there is a lot of uh, interest in Asian flavors, uh, but they need to be accessible. You know, nothing too fancy, nothing too exotic uh, uh, for the average uh, American to, to adopt. Yeah. So the challenge is, you know, how can we then present them uh, in a format that is acceptable to them, that they can readily adopt these products? Hmm. Let's take a step back, though, uh, Kevin, and take a look at the wider business environment or the road ahead. Uh, if we look at a report by Vantage Market Research, the global noodles market was valued at some sixteen billion US dollars in twenty twenty two, expected to grow to some twenty one billion US dollars by the end of twenty thirty, which is a kager of around three point four percent. Uh, how far do you agree with this assessment and what is the growth trajectory looking like for Liangguan? Mm. The report looks at noodles as a whole. So that includes uh, instant noodles as well. So for us, um, instant noodles, it's probably a really small fraction of our business. Like we are largely focused on uh, fresh food, you know, including uh, fresh noodles and uh, fresh bean cut products as well as uh, other related food stuff. So I don't think uh, this is a good indicator to, to predict our company's growth. But I think uh, in general, there is a trend that uh, noodles, uh, it's, a, it's a growing market. You know, it's a slow but growing market. What would you consider to be the number one consumer trend in the noodle or the fresh noodle market for that matter? And how does it influence the way in which you take the company forward, be it in the form of your pricing, your product mix or your expansion strategy? Um, so after COVID, you know, uh, there seems to be a rise in uh, hybrid work arrangement uh, with the middle class. So now these people, they have more time on hand. They are also faced with the rising cost of living. Hence, I think there is a increased reliance on home-cooked meals. Um, so here comes the problem. You know, not everyone can cook well. So back to what I shared about different formats, right? So we have RTE meals for those who cannot cook at all. Uh, so that, that's like the easiest thing to do. Just pop it in the microwave and you have a ready meal. And you have meal kits for novice home cooks. So these are probably, you know, imagine there's 10 steps in, in cooking a meal. So these meal kits will help to probably complete uh, steps one to six. And steps seven to 10, you can do it yourself. And in that sense, you know, you, you get a sense of achievement of uh, dishing up something. Yeah. So, and then that's the, the last the last thing that we have, which is, you know, our regular products, uh, fresh products for seasoned cooks. 
So these are your, you know, your noodle ingredient, your bean curd ingredient. So people who are actually very seasoned, they are very confident of using all these ingredients. So, so we have like every format for different levels of cooks. Mm. And don't mind me sidetracking a little bit, Kevin, since we are talking to you, because uh, you guys not only do fresh noodles, but also rice noodles too. Uh, recently, we have seen a surge in rice prices, especially to a 15-year high following this export ban by India. Uh, how far has that weight on top and bottom lines? Does that highlight more climate risks for you? I think for us... Uh Maybe let's go to, you know, how rice noodles are made, right? So what's in rice noodle? You know, the ingredients, they are 20% uh, rice, 20% modified starch, and 60% water, right? So rice is only 20% of the component of the whole rice noodles. So sure, you know, we are looking at increased uh, raw material costs overall, but I think it's something that uh, it's still uh, within control for us at least. Mm. And speaking of climate, right, some exciting initiatives by Leong Guan. You guys repurposing the byproducts of your manufacturing process as animal and fish feed for local farms. Also looking to reduce food wastage by repurposing um, soybean pop into new products. Tell us a little bit more about that. For us, this is part of our sustainability effort. You know, Singapore is not a producer of raw materials in general and everything needs to be imported. So the goal really is to ut- utilize the raw material well, so the carbon footprint from shipping of like these raw materials is well spent. Mm. And before we let you go, Kevin, what are some future plans for Leongguan for the rest of this year and into the next? What can we expect in the home market of Singapore as well as in the US? Okay, I think um, consumers as a whole can look forward to an expanded range of uh, food products. You know, we are going to come up with like different food products in different food categories, you know, things such as your RT meals, your food kits, uh, even snack foods. So um, in terms of like internally, what are our plans? I think we'll continue to focus on the retail and export sector. You know, these are growth sectors for us. Mm, all right. Exciting days indeed for Leongguan. Thanks a lot, Kevin. That was Kevin Lim, Head of Strategy and Insights at Leongguan Food Manufacturer. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.